another ugly performance. It's it's becoming a trend for the Bruins out of the All-Star break. We'll get to our opening shifts. Before I do, the trade deadline is approaching. Playoff hockey is approaching. That also means, Bridget and Scott, that what else is approaching? The return of Sunday Skate. This coming Sunday, February 18th, 9 Basically. to 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me, me, me and Bridget are back, and so is Razor. So And, and uh, Brian in the car. That's what, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian, and, Brian from no America. One, no one will even know it's me. I mean, the tell t- I could literally say it's Brian in the car. Nobody will know it's me. But then once I start shitting on Lindholm, they'll be, oh, I know who this <laughs> is. I know who this is. I know this voice. Yes. Yeah, we know we know Brian's takes. And also if they bring up the uh the nineties uh Anaheim Ducks uniforms. <laughs> yeah, nobody's talking about anything. Somebody Yeah, uh, what do you guys think of the eighties USA hockey jerseys versus the O2 Salt Lake City Olympic jerseys? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to have many aliases and different voices when I call in. But yes, Sunday skate is approaching and also, it means spring's coming and all that good stuff. So it's um because that's that's usually the time of year that the show starts up. So it's it starts uh one more time, Scott. It starts what date and it goes until the end of the season playoffs. Yes, Sunday, February eighteenth, nine a.m. and then every Sunday after that until the season's over. Lovely, perfect. Yeah. And Bridget, you're not behind the glass. You're an actual like you're a part of the um on air. I yes, I got promoted. I am not <laughs> producing it because I said, Ken, I'm not producing it. <laughs> um, I was like, I will be either hosting it or not involved. And he was like, You're like, I'm a I'm a veteran in this league. I want the I want the veteran. I, I did. I had to negotiate. I had to negotiate. I was like, I know you need someone to train your your new Red Sox producer. So <laughs> Bridget was Bridget was threatening to hold out. She was saying like she wasn't gonna come in till March. <laughs> Oh gosh! I'm starting well, to walk out. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, you know, I've never said this before to you, uh, to either of you two, but my favorite, my favorite uh, Sunday skate memory. I actually went to uh, not Top Golf. What's it called? Uh, X Golf. It was, it was, it's an indoor golf simulator. I think it was last year, maybe, maybe the year before. I think it was last year. And anyway, I get out of like a two-hour little little indoor golf session, and I turn on my car. And what do I hear? I hear I hear Scott's beautiful voice in the radio with Razor. I think it was the first time that you guys maybe started that show. And I was like, it was nice to hear your voice, Scott. I mean, I hear it all the time. But over the airwaves, boy, does that thing carry from state to state, huh? Oh, yeah. My, yeah. Projects well over over uh, <laughs> over the airwaves for sure. I'm wow. going to refrain from saying anything mean, even though Scott said something mean to me before the podcast. So I had mm-hmm. I had a... A snide remark for you, but I'll keep it well, to myself. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Department of Podcast uh, Skate Pod Safety is is we'll we'll review that one. And um, <laughs> you know, it was a preseason uh, infraction. It wasn't during the course of play, um, so he might get less games for that, or maybe it'll just be a, a, a minimum of fine. But I don't know. If, I, I might take matters into my own hands and get my own for, justice. <laughs> for Scott, for Scott's mentions sakes, we'll probably keep it on. We probably won't disclose it because it was a joking manner, but he, he, he is, he, he might have to There's no record of it. We, we weren't recording yet. So I just deny, deny, deny. 
we have I mean, witnesses. It's one of those situations where like a, a player they, they they have an infraction and they know the next game they're gonna have to answer for it. So Scott's he's already yeah. got his, his his gloves, you know, shaking off. He he knows he's gonna have to answer to Bridget at some point. Yeah, Scott, but... I'll see you on Sunday skate. I'll see it, you. There you go. Ray's just gonna be like, What what did I just walk into? Here? I know he's, he's, he's you're gonna have more more of a physical response on the Bruins. Oh boy, that's a, that's a that was low. Not as low as Grizzlick's five minute major in a game of Sponda. <laughs> that was low. We'll get to that. Actually, Bridget, maybe maybe we'll get to that right now. We'll get let's get to the opening shifts here. Yeah. So I decided it would be fun for my opening shifts to be based around the Grizzlick spear on Patcheretti, um, because I have an opinion on it, but it's not. It, it doesn't mean as much as it, an opinion from you two guys because I've never been in this situation before. It doesn't really work like that. So um anatomically, I'm I had it didn't hurt me as much as it probably hurt you guys to watch. <laughs> so um my opening shift is that I I do have an opinion, but I want to hear yours first before I actually like fully form it because I'm I've I've never experienced what happened to uh Max Pacioretty. Hmm. It doesn't feel great. I'll start there. <laughs> it's, it's extremely unpleasant. Um, yeah, it, look, I guess like the big question is whether or not Grizzly did it intentionally. And and I don't think he did because I just don't think he's that kind of player. Um, it was only his second ever five-minute major in a game misconduct. And the other, the other one was uh, after a late hit on McAvoy, he jumped um, – who it was a Maple Leaf player that Grizzly kind of like went after cross checked and then dropped the gloves. Um, so that was the only other one. And that's, that's not dirty. That's sticking up for a teammate responding to a hit that he obviously thought was dirty. Uh, Zach Hyman. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, so I, I don't think it was, I think and Ray Ferraro mentioned this on the broadcast, like he's probably just trying to tie up his stick and missed and missed and in a very bad area, and the fact that Pacioretty had just shoved him from behind uh, like three seconds earlier, I, I can see why the refs might have thought it was a retaliation, might have thought it was intentional, and ultimately it doesn't matter if it was intentional or not because the NHL rulebook is very clear. Any spearing where contact is made is is a five-minute major and a game misconduct, and you know, Pacioretty obviously stayed in the game, but uh, he was in quite a bit of pain for, for a few minutes there because that that is how that injury works. You are you are in a lot of discomfort and, uh, you know, you got to just kind of skate around and there's really no really no easy way to make that go away. Well, Brian? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I haven't I haven't had that exact thing happen to me, but um, yeah, I'm sure he had seen. God, before. have you? Uh, so yes, but like not it, like, like I, I had, when I was a kid playing, like I had someone spear slash like do the, the cup check thing. And fortunately they actually did mostly just get me in the cup. So like it didn't actually do any damage, but I, yeah. I have, I have been hit there. I had someone try to do that. You might get hit there again this Sunday. <laughs> what you said to me you, before you, you all heard that that's, that's a threat you all heard that it was a threat <laughs> um i i can imagine that um you know th there could be some honestly sometimes when that happens though like, you, you can get a little nauseous too it's like um there there's a lot of different things i i've had i've been hit 
I've been hit down there with, you know, like a, a ball, like a, maybe like a soccer ball or a tennis ball or something playing street hockey. That's, and yeah, I don't want to get into too many details. You know, I'll try to be tasteful on the podcast, but it's definitely, <laughs> it, it's definitely, uh, it's not fun. It's definitely not fun. And um, sometimes the, the second it happens, it, it sometimes, it's a, sometimes it's a lingering issue. Sometimes it's like five seconds later, you're like, oh, but yeah, I'll keep it off the podcast for sure. <laughs> um Anyway. So my opinion, now that I I heard yours and it was like, yours weren't as as bad as I thought they were going to be in terms of like, I thought you might've been like, yeah, that was a hundred percent intentional. Anyone that does that, like they know what they're doing. But to me, it looked like he had, he did not have the intention to doing that. Um, And the fact that it's Max Patch already, it, it, it like it makes it it adds a new element to it because of the history with Max Pacioretty and the Bruins and the Chara thing and I also throughout his career just he's just a, he's a frustrating player to watch and I, I think he he can be a diver at times so I'm sitting there like all right it was definitely an accident I'm not sure he like this might have been an overreaction like was he did it really hurt that bad was was this like oh, okay I'm gonna go down but anyway that was what I first thought when I saw it, probably because it's Max Pacioretty. So um, the fact that it was to him, it was like, he, he always seems to get really hurt against the Bruins, even though that one time that Chara did hit him into the boards, that was pretty bad. But um, once again, accidental. So is he going to come out tomorrow and be like, I'm going to take Grizzly to court for, you know, hurting the jewels? Well, no. well he, doesn't, he doesn't have Montreal fans behind him this time, so... <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about uh, police reports and, and investigations and in, inter- international like extradition, getting Chara up to Quebec for for trial. And no, I don't, I don't think we're getting anything any of that. Another another one of the main uh, reasons why Quebec City won't get a team back is <laughs> French Canadian yeah. people sometimes go a little too far. <laughs> well, and and you also have um, you know I don't want to give. Quebec all the credit I mean you got a couple Ontario cities right now going at each other too with the uh, Morgan Riley cross check last night we can get to that maybe later on as well but um yeah I mean ultimately so Bridget yeah to your to your other the other part of your question was it intentional I I certainly I don't think so um just to Scott's point Grizzik's not a he's not a dirty player and um I know the broadcast showed that Pacioretty forechecked him hard seconds earlier um but I mean, no, it, that was not intentional. It looked like he just missed the stick, the stick lift. Um, I'm sure he wanted to maybe lift his stick with a little bit of uh, oomph after getting hit like that, but I don't think he meant to to do that. So, um, all right. But any any final thoughts on that play? No, we. I mean, maybe, maybe we can get back to it and like how it affected the game. Uh, right. My my opening shift is about fans booing the home team because that has now happened twice this week. It happened Tuesday during a lackluster 4-1 loss to Calgary as well and happened quite a few times on on Saturday. Um, A little bit at the end of the first period, more at the end of the second, a bunch during during the third, especially as the Bruins had three power plays and didn't do anything with any of them. And I know there's – there's a segment of people that, and I think Bridget is in this group that don't like when home fans boo. 
um, think it's you know unproductive or sound comes across as spoiled, especially maybe when your team has the second best record in the NHL and just beat the best team on Thursday. I don't have an issue with it though. Um, I think if this were a game that the Bruins lost, but gave an honest effort and were there and had 30 shots on goal and just couldn't break through, we're just missing the finishing touch and fans are booing. I'd say, okay, that sounds a little spoiled, but I think not that all Bruins fans are smart, but I think for the most part, this fan base understands when, when they're seeing a good effort and when they're not. And I think anyone who watched Saturday's game knows that you are not seeing a good effort. Like that was just a full blown clunker, just complete stinker, absolute no show up and down the roster. Like at no point did the Bruins look like a team that had the capability of playing a competitive game or the desire or desperation to play a competitive game. And listen, fans pay a lot of money to go to those games. The Bruins have some of the highest ticket prices in the league. You know, if it's a sad afternoon. Maybe you brought the family that becomes, you know, a $500 plus outing and, and you, and you just saw trash. Like you just saw a bad product. So I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it. Um, you know, Montgomery after the game said he didn't have a huge issue with it. Players, you, you could tell, you know, they don't like hearing it, but they, I think also understand where it comes from. You know, Carlos said, Brandon Carlos said like, if they're booing, that means we're not doing our job. Um, Charlie Coyle didn't blame them for it. Brad Marchand did make reference to, to fans having a short memory, which again is fair. They just beat the best team in the NHL for nothing on Thursday. But a lot of those fans who are in the building Saturday weren't there Thursday. So they're reacting to what they're seeing, what they paid money for. And I just don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Bridget, I know Scott kind of mentioned that you, your opinion potentially. I don't know if you it's changed since you last spoke about this. You still no, feel the I, same way? I still feel the same way. It's It just bothers me. And I know I'm pretty sure both of you um, think it's fine. But in my mind, I think that, oh, no, no, my alarm. <laughs> Sorry, my alarm decided to go off. Um in my mind, I think it does. Bridget, wake cool. up! Time, time, time to podcast. Yeah. Yep. Oops. Scotch is um, Scotch is digging his hole deeper and deeper for that first yeah, Sunday skate. Okay, you watch yourself. Um, <laughs> no, I think it does sound spoiled. I think it sounds like I don't know. I mean, obviously, it was. I I don't think it was a good game, but I think it makes. I think it makes like as a whole the fan base look bad in different situations when because it's it's. Uh, subjective, right? It's like, okay, half of them are booing. Half of them don't think that you should boo, but it sounds like the whole rink is booing. And it, and Coyle and Carlo give those answers because those two guys are very intelligent and good at speaking to the media and um, know the right and wrong thing to say. And it, it definitely affects the players because, and, and when you think about Marshawn in particular, he's made comments about how, he, even though he's Canadian, he wouldn't want to play for Toronto because the fans are too, like, they're too much. Like, they they get on you, and, they like, it's to the point where it seems like they they really would prefer to love to hate certain things about the team or players or, or you know, parts of the season. 
Um, and they, they kind of seem miserable. And when you see a taste of it in your own fan base, I'm sure it doesn't feel good because they're not 100% used to it. They've been good for a long time. So when it is just one bad performance and you're the, the best team in the conference or last like or even the best team in the league because they have been the best team in the league at certain times this season, uh, it just to me, it's like, really, is that necessary? Like, I don't think that's teaching anyone a lesson. I think if anything, it's frustrating. It's not productive. Um, and yeah, that's just how I, how I feel about it. And I know you guys think that the, it might serve a purpose, but to me, I feel like the actual result is just that it makes the fan base look bad and it makes the players have like a disconnect with the fan base. So I think that Bridget, one thing that you said that I think is, is, is very true is that I think when you're watching on TV or you're watching a person and and you boo them, you feel like, okay, we're booing them. They know that we're voicing our displeasures. So they they have to come out next period on fire, right? But I think when you're when you're the players and you're and you're actually out there, uh even if the crowd is silent, when you're playing that poorly. You're in your own head as it is. Like you're already struggling to make passes, to to do what's right. You're overthinking everything. Then you add in the external noise. It. I I do agree that like if a if the players are battling it, hearing the booze won't make them in that moment make the right play or or or, or have a better pass because they're already all flustered. So I hear what you're saying in that sense, Bridget. However, um, in general, like when you're a fan, uh. And Scott Scott voiced it pretty well in general. Like the Bruins fans are smart; they're not going to boo the Bruins because they're losing. They're going to boo them if they don't see the effort, whether they're you know uh, forty two and zero at the time or they're five hundred. If there's not a, if there's a lack of effort, if you're in the audience, you want you're there because you want to be you you're emotional. The fans are emotional, and they want to cheer when when things happen. And when when the team's doing nothing, it is really difficult for the fans to sit there in silence. They want to voice some sort of emotion because they're there. Right. And, and I, I think like, I, I don't know how the Bruins fans could sit there through that game because Bridget, the, they're certainly not going to cheer. Right. Bridget. So the, so in your world, they're going to, they're going to, they're just going to stay silent because they're not going to boo. And I don't know how the fans can, I don't know how they can physically just sit there in their seats for two hours and just be like, like they're going to get, they're going to boo, you know? And, and I think that um because it's part of the fan experience, but I also think the Bruins fans, like, I think, yes, it can come across spoiled, but in this situation, two out of three games, they they, they, they kind of play like this. And, and when you're watching the Bruins out there kind of just coasting, I, I don't I don't blame the fans because what else are they supposed to do? Like it's not that they, it's not like they boo the Bruins all the time. It's like very rare that they do. So I think when they do, it means something. And I you want to know what else is part of the fan experience? Yelling shoot every time anyone touches the puck in the offensive zone. It's like it without like it's you hear like a chorus of shoot every time like David Pasternak has the puck even if he's like nowhere near the net they're like shoot Bridget <laughs> you know Bridget. I, I I will say along those lines wouldn't have been the worst advice yesterday because no. the Bruins passed up an awful lot of I'd be shots. fine if they were if they were yelling that yesterday it was one of the lowest shooting totals in in a long time I mean I yeah, feel the like lowest of the season eight, 18 shots on goal I feel like the I feel like the Bruins could literally win the Stanley Cup on home ice. They could be parading the Stanley Cup around the ice. You could still have somebody in the three hundreds yelling "shoot!" <laughs> it's just programmed yep. into the into hockey fans. <laughs> yep. Um, but look, I mean, I'm sure people have um, 
different opinions on this. I, I just think that I, I think it's really tough for, for, for fans to sit there in silence because the, the, the team gave him nothing to cheer about. And if, if you're not going to boo as Bridget, like you said, you, you'd prefer them not to boo. How, how can you be there in silence? It's just like, it's kind of like it's, you're asking the fans to have no emotion. It's really tough. It's a tough ask of them. Um, and I think some once, once in the blue moon, and again, the Bruins lose, you know, they, they do lose hockey games and the, and the fans don't just boo them when they lose. And I think, once in the blue moon, I think it's everybody's allowed to get out frustration. The fans are allowed to get out frustration, and 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 the players just have to they have to take it. Look, the, these guys get cheered every single night by this fan base. Every single night, whether it's in Boston or on the road, this fan base puts out a lot for this hockey team. And they and this hockey team, whether it's on the ice or out in the public world, they probably get nothing but cheers and admiration from their fan base. So on the on the off circumstance that they get booed, I think they can. I think they can. Uh, Put on their 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 uh their adult pants and, and take it. I think as long you don't want it to be an an, an, an often occurrence because then then it loses its meaning. But I mean, yesterday was 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 not that was not a a performance that anybody on that Bruins team should have been proud of, except for Jeremy Swayman. He played well.